Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. My name is Jakob Lufdale. I live in Aarhus in Denmark, and I absolutely love working in the uh, space industry and today my most fantastic job experience has been working as a graduate trainee with the uh, European Space Agency's corporate knowledge management team. The last book I read was uh, the Knowledge Management Matters which is an account of multiple knowledge management experiences edited by John and Joan Girard. What happened first? Were you interested in space or knowledge? Which ah, came yes, the uh, chicken or the egg kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have always had a pretty strong interest in uh, in space, although I never saw myself as a uh, STEM kind of student. Uh, math isn't my strong suit, and uh, while I do build well with Lego bricks, I might not also be the best engineering student either. <laughs> in that sense, I never really saw, really saw space as an, uh, an, a real opportunity for me to work within until I more or less discovered knowledge management through my, uh, my master's thesis. So in that sense, space came first and then knowledge management. And then I saw how knowledge management could help me enable my dreams of working in the space industry. So how did it affect, you're, you're saying you found the spark of knowledge management while in your thesis production. So it wasn't like your program was in knowledge management, correct? Not at all. It was in uh, information studies and technology. So sort of related to, right. but not really focused on knowledge management. How does it show up now in the space industry? How knowledge management shows up there is, uh, for example, through uh, lessons learned in the uh, different directorates that uh, that ESA has. So ESA, for uh, those who may, may not know, it's the European Space Agency. So it's a um, competitor and a collaborator to, for example, NASA. It's comprised of 11 different directorates that work with from corporate services to human and robotic space flight. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a wide range there. So already you have a lot of different actors or stakeholders who have a, a bunch of different knowledge management or knowledge-oriented needs. Mm -hmm. Some of them may be similar to each other. Um, a lot of them are, of, of course, also different. So it's also, in that case, it becomes a matter of connecting how the different directors, for example, could work together mm -hmm. on different uh, topics, how they can learn from each other's lessons and, and improve on their work. So how's the organizational structure? Is there an expectation that anyone in the organization mm -hmm. has a duty to share knowledge or have that culture built in? Or is there just individuals at different levels that are the knowledge management people? Uh, from my own experience, I saw that it differed from directorate to directorate. Mm -hmm. Some directorates have uh, very well-defined knowledge management plans and so forth. And the agency as a, as a whole also has a, a knowledge management policy and, and a set of requirements that each directorate needs to follow. Uh, to a certain degree, it, mm -hmm. knowledge management is done on a, uh, a voluntary scale. So it ends up being... Uh, kind of a personality-driven yeah, activity? Yeah, so to speak. Although I will say that, of course, it, it is, uh, when it comes to the more technical directorate, it's uh, mandated and it is something that you uh. need to do. For example, with the different missions, they need to go through different types of uh, 
lessons learned activities to make sure that uh, okay. that all errors and all opportunities and whatnot is found and um, categorized. So there's some yeah. knowledge management mechanisms that are mandatory dependent yes. upon the work and the scope and that sort of thing. Pretty much. But that okay. doesn't mean that uh, other directorates can't benefit from from knowledge management. Uh, what the for example, what the uh, corporate knowledge management team sought to do was to ensure that agency as an organization is, for, uh, for that matter, uh, a continuously learning organization so that we continuously learn from our past experiences or uh, current mm -hmm. experiences and carry them over to the next activity. So, what Well, that, that always sounds like a great concept, yeah. but when it comes to execution, when it comes to actually the rubber meeting the road, how do you enforce that? How do you build that culture of continual development? It's a, it's a very good question. Um, <laughs> uh, the way that it uh, is, is done in ESA is that the corporate knowledge management team regularly meets up with the uh, points of contact from the different directorates to try and engage how the knowledge management waters are in, in, in the specific directorates and also get feedback on current projects or activities that are uh, ongoing in the different directors and also make sure that mm -hmm. the uh, knowledge management team continuously keep track of the the different uh, end user needs and stakeholder needs of the agency's different uh, employees. It's almost like knowledge management personnel have to be good at research, marketing, communications, collaboration, and involving all of those those specific stakeholders, yes. somebody has to interface all of that pretty much all the time. Yeah. If you met once a week or, or only had the door open once a quarter, it wouldn't be very responsive. So if you had unlimited resource, no barriers, what would you do differently as far as the organization? Ah, what to do differently? What would now, be your wish list? How would you change the culture? So my wish list would definitely be to focus less on the uh, the tools, less on the systems, uh, processes, and first of all, look into how can we how can the agency establish firm and recognized cultural foundation for knowledge management, so that when anybody they hear knowledge management, they have these roots or this foundation to go to, and they don't just dismiss it as, for example, extra work, as is the case with. I think many organizations today that uh, mm -hmm. knowledge management lessons learned, oh, that just means that we need to file an extra report and who has time for that nowadays anyway. Right. So it, it's all about trying to create this uh, level of, of buy-in into the value and benefits that knowledge management brings with it, uh, which isn't always necessarily clear from uh, the uh, end user's perspective, I think. I would predict that you would address that probably at the front end of the hiring process. So the onboarding process would be heavy to educating and bringing awareness around how knowledge is an asset and how them as the new employee or incoming personnel have a responsibility to the culture of knowledge. Mm -hmm. To get away from the systems, right? Because the systems, most organizations are systems heavy and the HR piece or the personnel piece seems to all somewhat be a trend of the lighter approach to how to adjust yeah. behavior. The thing is, when you, when you put knowledge management down as a duty in a uh, vacancy notice, 
you label it as something that has to be done, that needs to be done, because otherwise you aren't fulfilling your duties. Um, and that makes it into an, an extrinsic motivator, which isn't as strong a driving force as intrinsic motivators would, for example, be uh, you liking and wanting to teach your fellow colleagues about how to do another thing better because it may feed back into your own work, meaning that you would need to do less of what you are already doing now because you taught mm -hmm. somebody else to do it. Mm -hmm. So it, it becomes sort of, you could almost call it egoistic altruism. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a, that's a negative thing at all. I, I think it would be hard to sell in in that framework Definitely. but if you were to like you're in your example if you were to add in a couple of sentences in the personnel of everyone as far as their mm -hmm. criteria of performance or their scope of work there's some accountability uh, i think that's missing yeah. if we think knowledge is an asset why are we not asking everyone that's collecting a paycheck to add to that bottom line if you just have the title knowledge purveyor knowledge manager those types of things correct it's it's a very linear small bucket of effect but if you give everyone an expectation of what they should be doing at least you can hold them accountable for not doing something and the reason i say that is because in my experience there's been a pocket of people a friend of mine refers to them as permafrost there is a pocket of people that just won't play they just won't you know they're they're not conducive to doing much that's integrated collaborative sharing yeah let's say you walk into an organization today and your job is to address the knowledge culture what would be your first step coming into an organization my first step would definitely be uh have a look at the uh, the environment of the the organization or the company do a, a, a sort of a SWOT analysis, really. Uh, so where are their strengths in terms of knowledge management? Are there weaknesses, opportunities, mm -hmm. threats? Right. Yeah. In the context of knowledge sharing or knowledge-based ecosystem, yeah. right? Yeah, for, exactly. For because, yeah, you get to see where the possible fires, what is uh, ripe for kindling in terms of threats and, mm -hmm. and such, and, and where could we actually benefit from what is already happening? Uh, because people may be already doing knowledge management without knowing it. Correct. Uh, so it's all about also um, basically making it more um, apparent to those, uh, you could almost call them silent actors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't really know the impact of what's going on until you do that deep dive understanding. So you have to kind of set the baseline exactly. to see what's there and then try to address yeah. it by triaging what's what's Im most important to make the biggest change. That would give you a good map indicator also of your return on investment. You know, you're working with the board, you're working with the bill payers. You can say, look, we did this assessment. It, I would assume it would include like a knowledge mapping of and yeah. all the technology and the divots are or the gaps and the knowledge flow. Uh, and then identify those individuals that are already kind of in that fever pitch of they, they, they're always the ones that are getting called for answers or, you know, those, those mavens of knowledge that just yeah, are yeah, sharers yeah. intrinsically. Yeah. The, uh, the, the champions, the champions. Yes. And then you really need to, uh, to uh, stoke that fire they have and, and give them momentum. And in, in that sense, you also need to make sure that that leadership plays an active role in terms of uh, discouraging the non-believers mm -hmm. and really uh, supporting those who try to make a, a difference uh, in terms of, of spreading the word of knowledge management. How long 
time estimate would you say if you in this scenario if you went in and did a baseline okay here's here's where this organization is how long would you project it would take to make a impactful change in time uh, see that's that's tricky because knowledge management uh, from my perspective it's it's not it's not an end goal it's a continuous journey well let's just say marked improvement how far out would you think you would need to be to see a marked improvement with a focused effort for a focused effort i would say perhaps um you could see a marked Im improvement within uh, six to nine months, it, it, especially when it comes to uh, cultural alignment, because again, culture isn't something you just change from one day to another, as you can with, for example, a mm -hmm, system mm -hmm. where you can count the clicks and whatnot and so forth. It'd be a lot more difficult to, uh, to quantify the improvement when it comes to culture, but also actually getting the results you want, it would be um, a longer journey. So it wouldn't be something you could get with within a month or three months, I think. Now, in that same example, would you suggest an integrated enterprise level approach or would you try a project or team approach in implementation of knowledge management? When it comes to knowledge management, I would always go with it as a uh, project approach. You uh, set up pilot projects to see how it would fare in one department and then from there on, try and see if it could be spread to others as well. And then as you go along, spreading it out, you also adjust your approach mm -hmm. because no department is ever truly the same. For example, in, like I said, with these are different directorates, uh, similar departments yeah. under, underneath, but still they have their uh, succinct small differences. So when you change further out, you need to adapt. So that iterative approach would give you a way to not only appeal to your audience by segment by segment, but also gives you availability to readjust your budget every time you go back to the folks holding the money. Yeah. I mean, that's also one of the uh, the key things about projects. It's 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 uh, an activity in constant flux and change, really. So that is something you constantly got to consider. Well, to wrap things up, Jacob, what's your definition of knowledge management? Getting the right knowledge to the right people when they need it, really. In that case, I, I find it pretty straightforward and it's always a, a difficulty uh, because you never have what you need when you need it. Like when you're searching for the keys, they're always the last place you look, <laughs> never the first. Well, thank you very much, Jacob. It's, it's a joy to meet you and maybe we'll see you around the KM fire soon. I hope so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. I, uh, I enjoyed it. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax-exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer-ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.